She's on the money. She's on the money. <laughs> Welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. My name is Tony Lodge and joining me for another Shop Back Money Diary is Victoria Devine. What a coincidence seeing yeah, you here, Tony God. Lodge. Imagine if we were both on the same internet podcast. recording platform, same, same podcast, time. same time, same lockdown. Oh my gosh, twins. <laughs> I um, love it. Money diaries are literally, I was saying this just before to you, Tony, when we weren't recording, money diaries are literally my favorite favorite part of every week. I know we do deep dives and I know we do Friday drinks and I know that we have other podcasts and I know I should love all of those children equally, but I do not. Money Diaries are my favorite because we get to talk to our community and share those stories. So with that in mind, and I won't keep ranting on about it, can you read this week's Money Diarist's email to me? Okay, here we go. Hey, she's on the money team. I'm an international student and I'm only allowed to work 20 hours a week in Australia. So it's very challenging to earn little money and pay for studies, food, fun, etc. I came to Australia with a dream, learning English. Four years after lots of adventures and weird jobs, I not only speak the language, but I love living here and I see this country as my home. I'm still struggling with money, but thanks to your podcast, I'm making progress and I can actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. Oh my so gosh. So kind. That's so wholesome. <laughs> oh, and we've got our money tourist on the line. You can hear her giggling. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, we know they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. That's such an amazing story. Thank you. Hi, guys. How are you? We are so good. We are better having met you. For Let's sure. jump straight into the questions because I have so many questions about your situation. So first things first, what is your attitude towards money? Oh, um, I've been thinking a lot about this question <laughs> because I don't really have a straight answer. Um, I grew up with these like two role models. Uh, my mom will be the one um, saying like, oh, let's go shopping. We deserve it. We work mm-hmm. hard, even if, if we didn't. But she will say that. Uh, whereas her partner will be the one saying like, oh, like, no, we can't spend any, any money. We need to save. We need to be very, he was very like tired and greedy towards money. Uh-huh. Um, so as I, as a result, I've always struggled with my attitude towards money. Sometimes I just feel like very haunted, um, by debts and, uh, other times I just feel very guilty if I, if I've spent some money on something. So Mm. it just fluctuates, you know, like some, I can't decide if I feel really bad about it or if I feel good or yeah. Oh my gosh, you should never feel really bad about it. That breaks my heart when you say, I feel hunted by debt. Like, I feel like that would be really relatable, but it also upsets me because no one should feel like that. Yeah. Oh my heart. All right. So let's learn a little bit more about you. What do you do for work and how much money do you earn? I work in marketing and um, I currently earn $45,000. And is that including the 20 hours work a week that you're allowed to do? So you earn $45,000 for the 20 hours a week. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty good money. Hmm. 
Yeah, because yeah, it's a new role, so yeah, it's the first time that I'm earning that money here, so it's pretty good. Um, oh, congrats yeah. <laughs> on the new job, my friend! Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty good, and I will say, like, I'm finally just in this stage where I can relax a little bit, um, and I can afford the life here. <laughs> so, is marketing what you moved to Australia to study? No, so I studied marketing back home. Um, okay. Many, many, many years ago. <laughs> I've been working in marketing for uh, the past 10 years. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I graduated in Colombia. I'm from Colombia. I graduated in Colombia from um, advertising, uh, uh-huh. which is not, apparently here in Australia is not the same, but uh, let's call it just marketing <laughs> because probably yeah, it's the easy. same. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so I worked in Colombia and then I got a job in Central America. So I moved to Central America. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, I was very young. Like, I didn't know how to uh, enjoy and money and save money and then just mm-hmm. appreciate the money that I was getting. Um, I had this really, really good job and I was earning a lot, but I never saved anything. I just blew it all. But you were young and you were having fun. Oh, my gosh, we've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have absolutely all been there. I totally get it. Quick, really pervy question, Money Diarist. Um, We're on Zoom, so Tony and I can see you. You look 22, like maybe 21. Um, But you (laughs) said that you'd been working for 10 years. So um, how old are you? I'm 31. Oh, my gosh. I would never have – I am 30. I would have literally assumed you were at least eight years younger than me. Oh, right. thank you. Oh, my gosh. No, yeah, like I was studying – well, I was at uni. I got a job in an advising agency when I was mm-hmm. 21. Um, I've been working since I was 13, but in marketing since I was 21. Oh, my gosh. And what did you move to Australia to study? I wanted to learn English. So my pl- my initial plan was just to come here for six months. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, well, like how that went. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just felt like, oh, six months will be enough. I just wanted to learn a little bit so I could get a better job. Um, yeah. And then I just, after six months, I was like, oh, my God, like I can't speak a word. Like I was so scared. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to extend my visa another year. And then that. Yeah, ended up being four years now. I love that. I, I love that you've come here and like found home. That feels so nice that we get to share that with you. And yeah. I have another pervy question completely off the railroads. Um, Tony's going to be like, get back to your normal questions. I'm the producer. Please do the right thing, Victoria. But you've stuck around and now you have a partner. Did you meet your partner here or did you move with them? No, I moved uh, on my own um, and I met him here. Oh, and now you're going to stay for love. How cute. Yes, <laughs> yes that's right. exactly right. <laughs> I think actually, Victoria, she might be staying for the dog that she mentioned before we started oh my gosh, recording. Yes, she <laughs> has a dog, guys. Dog yes. people are the best kinds of people, so you know this money diarist is pure. You just know. <laughs> All right. That's true. Next big question is what is your big money goal? Um. Big money goal at the moment, I will say it's just to pay for my next visa. Um, so uh, it's just how much a little, are visas? Oh, it's just a little bit of a mess because uh, I'm currently on a student visa. Mm-hmm. Uh, student visas de- 
like the cost of them depend on the course that you want to do if so okay. if you want to do um like a bachelor's degree or if you want to do a diploma a certificate or a master's so yeah the cost just de- depends on that um so i've been doing all these courses and courses and courses because that's the only way how i kind of stay but now um that i've met my partner we've been together for a year and now the next step is just to get uh, to apply for a visa. It's called a partner visa, and so I stop studying, um, which will be a relief, surely, because yeah, so it means you can work more hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I get like full rights to to work here. Um, so that visa cost me around between eight grand and nine grand. So I've been saving this, yeah, like all this year for for that, and I will apply in December. So that's that my so that's my money, money goal for now. <laughs> that's a lot of money for sure. Yeah. yeah, especially when you're limited to how many hours you can work, and oh, that's difficult. Yeah, so but it takes serious commitment, and I think that's something mm. that is so underestimated by you know the average Australian. They're like, oh, okay, so you came to live here. It's like. Yes, you did, but you also got all of these limitations on you and all of these requirements. And then they're not just, you know, personal requirements that you need to meet or restrictions. There's also a whole heap of money that you need to hand over. And it's just like, we are so lucky, one, Tony, to have been born in Australia, Mm -hmm. but then two, to have people who love our country so much that they're willing to sacrifice that much to stay here. Like, yeah, how cool is that? Yeah, Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love this country. given me so many opportunities and yeah just good experiences so yeah I definitely want to stay next question is do you currently have any investments um as I've learned from this podcast only my super <laughs> but oh my gosh but I'm so glad you else. know that that's an investment yeah I know now yeah <laughs> I love that so so good and I think that you're in a position where it's like yep yeah, cool you actually don't have the capacity to start investing yet and that's okay it is not a bad thing to not be able to invest and I would never want you to feel pressure that you have to start investing because other people are like you're running your own race and I think it's so important to remember that and not put pressure on yourself to start something because you think it's expected um Mm -hmm. next question and I know we know the answer to this already but I want to talk about it in more detail do you currently have any debts um debt uh I will say oh probably I don't consider the visa as a debt Mm -hmm. um because well I I have the the chance if I want to just like stop that process and then just go back home I can do it so it's not mm-hmm. like I own that money yet yep. um but I do have a debt but it's just for eight hundred dollars now uh which is the current course that I'm doing it's a diploma um so what we do here in Australia as students is like you have the possibility to pay up front or otherwise you just pay installments which is what I do so I have to pay like every month or every two months, I have to pay $1,000 so I can keep studying. Um, so currently, I need to pay $800 just to finish um, paying for this course. That yeah. is so much money though, isn't it, to have to yeah. just pay up front? I know. The, yeah, it, it, education here is very expensive. All right, next question. Do you currently use ShopVac? 
I know about it because of you guys, so I looked it up. Yay, um, look at the impact, Tony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I haven't bought anything yet. Cool. Easy peasy. Next question is, and I think that you're going to be pretty savvy. I think we've got a lot to learn from you, my friend. What is your best money habit? Ooh, best money habit? Um, I don't know if that's good or not, but <laughs> I have created this weird habit where I just, oh gosh, embarrassing, but I just uh, go to this whatever website where I want to buy things from, like skincare or clothing, mm-hmm. whatever. Relatable. I got them, yeah, <laughs> and I just put everything I want to buy, I just put it in the cart, and then when I go to the checkout, I think, do I need this? And 90% of the time, I say that I do not. Oh, so you're good at catching yourself out before you just spend money. Yeah, so I just yeah. literally just close the whole website and say, okay, cool, I saved some money. <laughs> so that's, so that's, just shut it down. All right. Yeah, so and then that's you're like, oh, I saved that. That's yeah. saving, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I would say just basically I just ask myself, like, do I really need this? Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time, like, I don't. So, yeah, I just don't spend it. She's better at that than I am, Tony, because sometimes I'm like, no, no, I really do need that white dress, even though I have a hundred other white dresses. Like (laughs) I'm so good at convincing myself of what I need. So I think it's an actual talent to convince yourself that you don't need something when you are so emotionally invested in it. Like I think that's underrated. That is an impressive good money habit. (laughs) I like it. Let's turn the tables though and ask you what your worst money habit is. Um, Worst money habit? Um probably is the completely opposite like sometimes I just have this random thought like okay my I deserve it same as my mom used to say I just Mm -hmm. deserve it and I just literally spend it all and then I just spend time feeling guilty and so yeah it's not like a very healthy behavior I will say but yeah that's my that's my worst money habit sometimes like I just spend it all and then feel guilty but that's not um, I don't know, like I don't do that every single month. It's just I can be good for like good like saving and all of that for like, I don't know, three, four months in a row. And then I do that sort of thing. Do you think that's probably though because you have to save so hard because you can only work such like a small amount of hours? It's probably because you have to be so strict on yourself that sometimes you're like, ah, I just really (laughs) want to buy something. Or I'm like, I've been looking at this thing for three or four months and I just really, really want to treat myself. I've been working really hard. I feel like obviously, Victoria, you're the the expert. But is that like one of the psychologies behind spending? Yes, my friend, it is. And that's essentially why I often compare strict budgeting to a strict diet because at some point you are going to binge you are going to fall off the cart and going to do something which is why it Mm -hmm. is so important to actually incorporate healthy spending habits into our budget consistently instead of just always restricting ourselves and going no 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 it's not sustainable long term to say oh I'm never going to buy something that is you know new dresses or shoes or something that I don't need I think it's good to have a buffer in your account so you can say that is my fun money that is the money that I'm going to allow myself to treat myself with and I think that that ultimately stops that that binge or that splurge at the end of a period of time where you've saved really aggressively because often in those splurges you'll spend so much more money than you would have if you just allocated yourself like $50 a month or something Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's so true. The thing is, like, as Tony was saying before, like, sometimes when I have to save so much, it's like, no, it's so strict. Like, I, if I don't save this money, I'm not going to make it. So I save so, so, so much. And then I just, I don't know, I just, I think I get a little bit frustrated. And I say, yeah. like, I just need to spend I just need to buy a little bit and then that little bit just leads to another little bit and yeah and so on and then I'm just very stressed um but I think it's yeah definitely not a healthy behavior like sometimes when I allocate money to spend I feel so much better because oh, okay like I I I could put um $50 away for this month mm-hmm. um so yeah I can go out or like I don't know even for a meal or something and it's it's yeah. all right um but it's definitely something I can't do every every month yeah no and I think that that's where we need to be realistic as well because in your situation you actually have deadlines for when you need to have a certain amount of money say for a visa or for something really particular and given you don't have a massive income that's a massive challenge for you so I totally get it and it's actually unavoidable in your situation to actually reach that goal you do have to be really strict so I get why you're blowing out but I think it's more important to just understand the psychology behind it not just go oh my gosh I'm so bad at this it's like no you're not you're actually doing what everybody else in this situation would do as well it is so normal mm-hmm. all right I don't think that's the worst money habit just by the way <laughs> so segueing into the next question which is if I forced you to give yourself a money grade what would you grade yourself um probably will be a c minus um, no yeah I'll say so <laughs> I need Why? to no I feel like you have so many good money habits like look at how much you've accomplished and achieved and done there's no way you're a c minus you only have $800 was it debt come on money <laughs> diarist well I I will respect it but I also do think that you are definitely worthy of a higher grade uh, um I think probably if I if I change my mentality towards money it could be better and also Mm -hmm. I think like sometimes when I compare the life I used to have before I came here Mm -hmm. and and the life that I have here I say like well you know like when I was living in Central America I was earning um, American dollars and it was uh, like 90k a year Oh my and gosh. Wow. Comparing to what I have here, but I also, yeah, like I, I know that I was very young and I just blew it all. <laughs> just, uh, but I just feel and I have that fear that, oh my God, if I earn the same money here, I'm going to do the same. Yeah. Um, so somehow I just got used to it, just to be on a budget and very strict and all of this because it's working now. Now I don't have the same issues I used to have when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that that's also a really big part of your money story. And I'm not going to ask you right now. I'm going to ask you after we take this really short break. Oh my gosh. So we are back, Tony, and I want to dive straight in to asking, I guess, about the income difference that you've experienced. Like I've got a whole heap of other questions about visas and tips and stuff like that, but you've gone from earning $90,000 USD, which I did some quick maths just before, and that's about $123,000 in Australia. That is 
a massive amount of money. And I know that, you know, there's different living costs and stuff like that, but how have you adapted from earning such a high amount of money to making a decision to move countries, change your entire lifestyle, learn English and flip everything on its head and essentially start learning less than half of what you used to earn? Like, how have you adapted? How have you changed? Well, it definitely hasn't been easy. I it bet. Took, yeah, it took me a while just to realize that I didn't have the same life. Um, but it was also a sacrifice that I was willing to do because yeah. I, I really wanted to, to learn English. Um, yeah, so I when I came here, I came with zero English. Like I knew like the greetings and colors and things like that. Uh, but I couldn't communicate at all so what I put in my my email about the weird jobs that I've done and all that is because yeah like if you don't speak the language you obviously can't have it um yeah just like a, a normal it job does make it hard yeah right? yeah so um at the start I just came from an office to have like this position and this money to come here and work in a hotel making beds Um, and I would make like 35 beds per day and and do the cleaning and all this and it was just shocking it was I would go home and then just think like what am I doing like why am I here like why am I doing this like I didn't know it was that hard um but at the same time like I will work from uh, like 7 a.m. to uh, 6 p- 5 p.m. And then at 6 p.m. from <gasps> 10 p.m. I will go to my English classes. Um, and every that, that was the, my routine like every single day. Wow. So once I got to the point where I could communicate, it, it was it was better. Like I was okay. Yeah, like now I can – like the transition felt um, lighter, I would say. It felt, mm-hmm. yeah, very, very – um, like achievable to live here and to um, work in marketing and all of that um, once I spoke the language so at the start it was a hard like a very difficult transition but uh, I don't know I just feel like there were all the things that were more positive and that helped me with that transition and helped me just like living that money and that like lifestyle um living it like in my country or in other countries um, and not bringing that here because I can't compare, I can't expect to have the same life uh, in a completely different uh, country where I don't, where I didn't know anyone when I came. To me, that just seems crazy and something that I wouldn't go, okay, this is absolutely worth it. But (laughs) why was it worth it to you? Why was making that sacrifice and making that decision something that you were like, no, I don't want to go back. I don't want to do that again Um, because I just feel like that's that's impressive. Like I'm so impressed with you. (laughs) Initially, I think it was uh, the the main reason why I just didn't want to go back it was because I wasn't working in my field and I was a little bit over it um Mm -hmm. um, I don't know just like working for these like big companies and in corporate it gets very oh I don't know just like heavy sometimes like yeah yeah your mental health is just not non-existent for them so I was working like 24 hours 7 um I couldn't rest I was um physically like sick because of the amount of stress I was um, dealing with every day Um, 
So I think once I came here and yeah, like I was doing all these like weird jobs and funny jobs, I call them. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't, I wasn't dealing with all of that stuff. I wasn't dealing with like clients or deadlines or things that were making me feel uncomfortable sometimes, like because of the pressure, I was just completely relaxed. I was like, oh my God, like I'm actually leaving. Like I'm, yeah, like wow. I never felt like I had just like a, as a teenager, like I have a lot of freedom. So once I came here, I, I would just, I don't know, just like um, pressed by everything, just like shocked by everything. I was like, oh my God, this is the wall. Like, you know, so I think maybe that's why I thought it was worth it. And just like, oh, and also coming from a, like a violent country um, to a country like Australia, it felt completely different. Like I felt safe here somehow um so yeah that that's probably why wow that is so powerful and honestly such a sacrifice to make that I just don't think people respect nearly as much as they should like I'm in awe of this story and what you've gone through and the sacrifice that you are continuing to make to live in a country that just suits you better like it's it's crazy I'm yeah I won't go on about it but I'm so impressed but (laughs) I guess moving away from that part of the conversation and into visas and how easy they are to get and how hard they can be to get, I guess, what's that process been like for you? Is it actually easier having a partner now? Like, what's the process been like for you? Okay, with the student visas, um, it's not easy because you don't get the chance to study what you want, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah you need to study always something that is related to your career. Um, So in my case, I I couldn't move away from um, advertising or marketing um, or that area because that would mean that um, I wasn't like a genuine student for Australia. Oh, I didn't Um, know that. Yeah, like as I said before, so the benefits and rights and etc. it's just – depending on your career and what you want to study. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, and also from the country you, you come from. So, yeah, so be, between, like, governments, they have, they make deals. And, for instance, uh, if you come from Chile, you will have a work on holiday visa and mm-hmm. all those sort of visas available for you. But if you come from a country like mine, you don't have that option. You just have a student visa, so you're just allowed to work 20 hours um, a week. And we have to pay a private health insurance. We don't have Medicare or any, we're not allowed to use any, any of that. Um, So yeah, like in terms of visas, the process aren't easy, but if you stick to your career and then just study things that are related to it, uh, it's easy. And I guess like I've learned so much. I've done so many uh, certificates and diplomas and this and that. I'm, I'm You're like, probably gosh. the highest qualified person I've ever met. Oh, <laughs> I know, same. And then you just like think back and go, wow, imagine the amount of people that would have, and I'm making a grand assumption here, and I promise you I wouldn't have been one of these people, and I know no one that I'm surrounded by would have been as either, but just the amount of people that would have been so disrespectful to you while you were working as a housekeeper. Like it, it blows my mind that the people doing these jobs, like, you know, I've never thought any less of it, like a job is a job and it, you know, puts food on the table and does all of that. But like 
you were coming from earning $120,000 Australian each year to being a housekeeper. And I just can't imagine that jump and how that would have emotionally affected you as well. Just change is so dramatic. And I just, I'm in awe of you sticking to it. Genuinely, I'm so proud of you. And you know what? Like, (laughs) how lucky are we that you want to hang out with us and be in our country and like, you know, contribute to our economy. And I just think that's so cool and so special. Thank you. (laughs) The other thing I think people just fully underestimate, which is so hard for me to comprehend is the fact that you have come here not speaking any English and you've learned an entire language. Like that is insane to me that so that, cool. that you could come here and take that leap and just think, you know, this is I've I've got it. I can do this. When, you know, there's lots of people that set out to start learning a language and give up because it's too hard, you know. Yeah. That's you can speak an entire language that's not native to you because you moved here and it was just a choice you made and that's just wild to me. I know what that that's not really queen. money related, but no, I'm just so moly. impressed. Oh, wow, that's one of the most expensive uh, courses that you can do here is English. I've, I really? Think I've, yeah, I think I've paid the same amount of money that I've paid for my actual bachelor's degree back home just to, to study English. English here. Yeah. I would have taught you for free, doll. You wouldn't have been able to speak properly if you're there. Tony, a la Bogan. I'll teach you love, says Tony. (laughs) Saying that, um, I don't want to generalize. Just saying, like everyone that comes from uh, South America or Colombia, specifically, um, it's in the same situation because that's not yeah how it is like I've mm-hmm. got I've no, met a few people here that they just uh they learn English back home because we do have English lessons and everything but people like me never learn because I just didn't want to I didn't think uh, I need I needed to learn English mm-hmm. to be honest yeah um so yeah I've met people that they spoke English before and then they just came here to do like a master's or and their situation is completely different yeah Yeah, and and of course and I mean that it's not to generalize in any way shape or form but like everybody has a different journey right and like Mm -hmm. this is just yours and we're so lucky that we get to share this journey and (laughs) you know learn about it but you know for those people that are on student visas at the moment and feel like they're struggling do you have any tips or tricks that made it a bit easier for you yeah, well, I've got um, so many tips in terms of language and also mm-hmm. in terms of, like, visas. Uh, oh, my so, gosh, give us both. <laughs> in terms of language, I think some of the, um, I don't know, like a good piece of advice that someone gave me a long time ago was just uh, just get out of your comfort zone because a lot of people don't do that. They just stick to what they know, so they stick to... Um, I don't know, like the uh, Latino community or like people that speak the same language and they're very mm-hmm. scared of like uh, hanging out with Australians because they're like, oh, I don't know if they're going to judge me because oh. I don't speak well or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or also because our cultures are very different. Um, so probably it's just, yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Um, Throw yourself in the deep end, make some friends. Exactly. It's, n- yeah. it's not impossible. Like I did so many weird things. Like I joined meetup uh, apps and like uh, 
but we'll BFF up and everything and just to go out and meet up like with um, female friends and male friends and yeah and I watch like TV every day and then just like kind of like throw myself into this uh, new language and new experience um, so I think sometimes people just um, keep working on this uh, jobs that they don't want to work or they don't want to do it's just because they feel like they're not good enough in the language and yeah so that in terms of the language and in terms of like the visas it will be probably have um a better understanding how the system works because mm-hmm. sometimes we just and that happened to me like I just I didn't know how like the visas uh work how like I I didn't know if I had a chance to stay or if I had a chance to do things like differently. Yes, sometimes uh, it's good if we just uh, uh, seek for advice with like an immigration lawyer or people like that that can give us some light. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can actually give us some options and say, just stop spending your money on this. Just go and study these or go and, I don't know, apply for these sort of visa. And that's going to give you some relief because that's what we think like once you are on a student visa you just look looking desperately okay what else can I do I just want to stay I just want to stay you know so mm-hmm. once you just seek for a professional advice um yeah that's gonna make your life easier probably is it quite expensive to speak with an immigration lawyer or like is that quite accessible um it is uh but yeah it is very expensive did yeah. you engage an immigration lawyer to get everything in in an order for you or yeah uh, I did so once I stopped um, studying English when I mm-hmm. wanted to study something else because I wanted to study something related to the jobs that I could apply uh, in Australia mm-hmm. so I yeah I, I spoke to an immigration lawyer um, and I think it was like 30 minutes and I had to pay like $300, something like that. <gasps> oh, my yeah. goodness. And he That's so much money, especially yeah. when you're not earning much at all. I think he basically told me I needed to go back to my country because my career wasn't good here. And I wow. was uh, – Yeah, I was just in tears. Uh, but oh, I rightfully so. That's horrible. Yeah, after that experience um, – I talked to more people and friends and uh, the um, South American community here is super big. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of like know what like each process is about. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's when I realized like, oh, okay, I've got a lot of opportunities actually. Like I can find um, a company that uh, give, can give me any, any sponsorship or I can, I don't know, just like, um, change my career kind of and study a master's degree right. and this and that's going to give me another chance to stay here or um, mm-hmm. yeah just like not I'm not I, I don't want to say like I'll meet someone and get on a partner visa because that's not <laughs> the ideal situation Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, that wasn't my plan when I met my partner <laughs> just a side note um, yeah no I feel like if that was your plan my friend you would have done it a lot earlier <laughs> yeah true not wasted not wasted all that time yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, so yeah once you kind of like ask around and you just don't decide to 
do things just on your own because sometimes that's not the best um, option. Um, so yeah, once you do that, I think you have more clarity in terms of visas and processes and yeah. also the law changes every single year. So we need to be up to date with that as well. Wow. Oh my gosh, it's so complex and I'm so mm. grateful that we've gotten to learn a little bit more about you and your journey and the journey of other people in similar situations to you who are trying to go through the visa process and do want to stay and actually want to get a good job here because you are smart, capable humans and you just have to learn the language. Like, it's crazy to think how much language is a barrier for so many for Like, sure. and what opportunity we're missing because learning another language is so challenging. Like, as you said before, it's not just the language. It's so expensive to learn as well, which I'm sure is a massive barrier for so many other people as well. But, oh my gosh, so grateful to have shared your story. Thank you. <laughs> Mari, thank you for sending in your your journey with, and oh sharing gosh, it with us because cool it's, it's, it's honestly such an eye-opener and I think there's going to be a lot of people in our community that listen to this that have either been through what you've been through and, you know, risked it all and moved overseas and tried to learn a new language or people that would really like to do that and, you know, use you as a bit of inspiration. So it's been like such a pleasure to have you on thank you so much i enjoy listening to the podcast every single week (laughs) oh my gosh i love that yeah i've learned a lot a lot oh i'm so so glad well i hope you keep learning and you keep hanging out with us on the podcast every week Yes, definitely. I will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that is all we have time for today. But as always, just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They're the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring for the land on which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. The advice shared on She's on the Money is generally nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. And we promise that Victoria Divine is an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management, Proprietary Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. I will hang out with you next week on Money Diaries. See you soon, guys. Bye.